Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. While you remain standing, we're going to read two verses out of the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Philippians, chapter number 2. Amen. Verse number 12. Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. Let's just clap our hands one more time to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And you may be seated. I want to preach on this subject, coattails. Coattails. Amen. You know, coattails are literally the rear flap of a man's coat. You know, like those fancy coats and the tuxedos. Got the top hats and the canes and got these tails getting in the way and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, this type of coat, uh, it's referred to a t- as a tail coat, and it's been worn for hundreds of years. It was originally designed this way, short in the front and long in the back, uh, uh, to make it easier, first of all, to ride horses and then later bicycles. And over the years, tailcoats have evolved into various forms of formal attire for both day and evening wear and special occasions. And, you know, but when you hear the word coattails, it has nothing to do with the physical coat. It it, uh, actually is a descriptive word to describe the effect that someone or something has on somebody else. Uh, its most popular use is in politics. It's called the coattail effect. And it's the tendency of a popular political party leader to attract votes and then other candidates that are in that person's party uh, on the same uh, ballot or whatever uh, benefit because that person's popular. So a lot of them can come and get voted in on the coattails of that popular person because he's kind of got long coattails, so to speak, metaphorically speaking. You know, in uh, so like a president, a presidential election, then you have congressmen and senators on the same uh, election. And a lot of times if the president election uh, elector uh, person is very popular, they will, they will uh, be elected. And then all these congresspeople and senators, a lot of times uh, will be benefited by the coattails of that presidential candidate. Amen. And the coattail effect can also be seen uh, in business. When people become successful, they ride on the coattails of others. That's, that's true of if somebody starts a company out of their garage and it was just them, that this person maybe and his wife or family or whatever, and then they, they do so good that they move into another building and then they hire other people. Well, all these people that are being hired, all these people that are getting good paychecks and bonuses, they're riding on the coattails of this guy who had this idea to start this 
this little uh, business in his garage. Amen. And this coattail effect also has to do with famous people. You know, there have been many people who have greatly benefited riding the coattails of famous people. You can, you can think of famous uh, singers who, who have what they call warm-up bands. You know, you go to a concert and you got these warm-up bands uh, and then you have the main event. And a lot of times those warm-up bands end up becoming the main event down the, you know, years later. It happened many times. Amen. Uh, but business is uh, uh, an entertainment. Uh, there's, there's no greater example uh, than this of this than Oprah Winfrey and in uh, her show and her success. Everybody knows her. Everybody knows how successful uh, she is and was and amen. And, you know, on her show, she had a psychologist named Phil McGraw who first appeared on her show in 1998. He became a weekly guest uh, on her show for quite some time. And then in 2002, he launched his own daytime talk show called Dr. Phil, which over the years was nominated for 25 Emmys. And he's the author of six num number one New York Times bestselling books. And it's all because he rode, uh, not all, but in great part, he got national exposure on the Oprah show. And then another person, a very successful personal financial expert named Susie Orman was doing well in the very well in the private sector. She was invited on the Oprah show in 1998. Oprah had her on several times and she became a popular, uh, you know, uh, guest. And in 2002, she also launched her own show called the Susie Orman show. And she's the author of nine New York times bestselling books. And then later on in 2004, there was a, a doctor, a world-class heart surgeon named Mehmet Oz. His, uh, he first appeared in 2004 on her show, and he had a regular segment on her show for five years after that. And then in 2009, he launched the Dr. Oz Show. He's the co-author of six number one New York Times best-selling books. So these were successful people in, in their own right, but Oprah's coattails got them national recognition, a national show, amen, and that is the coattail effect, amen. All of the people rode on Oprah's coattails and uh, it helped them get where they are today. They truly benefited from their association with Oprah, amen. You know, in the Bible, uh, there's, there's a principle that's very similar uh, by being blessed by association. Genesis 12, 3, God told Abraham, he said, you know, uh, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in, all, in, you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. And so God was telling, you know, and Abraham is the father of the nation of Israel. So the entire, you know, the nation of Israel right now today can trace their roots back to Abraham as their father, so to speak. Amen. The father of the Jewish nation. Amen. And God told him, he said, everybody that blesses you, I'm going to bless. Everybody that curses you, I'm going to curse. And now, where does the church come in on that, that verse? Amen. The Christian people, that's very interesting. But we are in that 
promise as well because the Bible said we are children of Abraham by faith. Amen. We are the seed of Abraham through Christ by faith. And so even the church, when those people that bless the church, God's going to bless them. Those people that, that curse the church, God's not going to be happy with them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So you can be blessed by association. Amen. Dr. Phil, amen, uh, Susie Orman, and, and Dr. Oz were all extremely blessed by association with Oprah. Amen. And those people that are good to Christians, those people that are good to God's people, amen, those people will be truly blessed by association. Amen. I'm talking about the coattails. But you see, people can receive blessings from God even though they're not saved. Amen. Just because of their association with God's people. One great example of this is in Acts chapter 27 when Apostle Paul was on a ship. He was, he was shackled. He had a personal uh, Roman centurion that was to uh, uh, escort him to Rome to be tried under Caesar, and he's on this ship, and this ship had like 200 people on it, and it got in some rough waters. It got into a terrible storm, amen, and uh, it was going down, amen, and, but because Paul was on that ship, don't discount when you, sit, you think you're the only one at your job, or you're the only one maybe in your house, or you're the only one over there, or you're the only one over there, you know what? One Christian, one of God's people, has a huge influence on the situation. Amen. Amen. Paul was the only believer that we know of on that ship of 200 people it got into a huge huge storm they were throwing the all the all the uh, supplies off to lighten the ship so that it would be easier to maneuver and it wouldn't seek as easy they were doing everything they could do they brought the sails down so that the ship wouldn't be blown all over the place amen and they did everything they knew how to do uh, professionally as 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 the captain and the crew amen and they stopped eating they stopped. They were fearing for their lives. They didn't know what to do. They were taking on water. And an angel came and stood next to Paul one night and said, Hey, everything's going to be okay because you're on this ship. Amen. And because you're on this ship, all these people, if you tell them to stay on the boat with you, they're going to be saved because I'm saving you. I'm going to protect you and I'll protect them because of you. Amen. You talk about coattails. Paul had some coattails on that situation. And he told them all, he said, you guys need to eat, keep your strength up, because we're going to probably have to swim for it. But if you'll stay on the boat until at the last minute, and this thing, if this thing falls apart, we'll, you'll have to make a swim for it and grab a piece of this or that. But God said, none of you are going to die if you'll just listen to me. Amen. What a powerful testimony of coattails. Amen. And then it's interesting that, that uh, Mario brought up King Herod because I want to talk about the King Herod uh, during the time. This is, this, is not the same, uh, this is not the same Herod that he was talking about. He died. This was his son. 
Amen. His son, uh, after he died and Jesus came back with his parents from Egypt when they were hiding, uh, what, what Mario was saying, and then they came and they settled in Nazareth, and that's where Jesus was raised up. Amen. But when Jesus and John the Baptist, so they became, um, they ministered and they started their ministry at 30 years old. The King Herod that was in charge at that time, he's the one that had uh, John the Baptist put in prison. Amen. And, uh, you know, he was put in prison because the Bible uh, said that uh, Herod uh, took his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, and he married her. He just took her and married her. And uh, John said in John 14, 4, John the Baptist said, John said to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. You know, so he was, he was going against God's laws by doing what he did. And because he preached that way, amen, when you preach to the king like that, sometimes you end up in prison. Amen. So he was thrown in prison. But you know what? Herod admired John. Herod respected John. Herod feared John the Baptist. That, that's what you might not know. You might know that he was the one that threw him in jail, and ultimately he was the one that reluctantly had him beheaded, and he didn't want to do it but he had to do it to save face. But he liked John. Amen. And Mark chapter 6, verse 20, it said, For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And he, when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. That, was, that verse is after Herod threw him in jail. So John is in jail. How is Herod hearing him? gladly and doing many things well a lot of people believe that Herod would sneak away and he'd go to the jail and he'd go visit John the Baptist and hear talk to him about things and you know what Herod was a better person because of John the Baptist he was blessed because of his association with John the Baptist and he got to like John the Baptist and when it when it came time to that he had this big old feast and his wife and his wife's uh, daughter was there and she danced for him and he, was, he, was, he had a few too many drinks and he was in talk, but he had everybody that was all, everybody that was in his kingdom right there and she danced for him and he, he made this statement. He was so impressed with, with her dance. He said, I'll give you whatever you want up to the half of my kingdom. Well, when you say that in front of all these dignitaries, Whatever that person asks you up to the half of the kingdom, you have to give it to them or you lose face or you lose credibility. And what did she say? She went and talked to her mom. Her mom's the one that doesn't like John the Baptist. And her mom said, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And that's what she said. She said in front of everybody. And poor Herod, he was, everybody said, well, Herod's a mean guy. He, he, he's the one that beheaded John the Baptist. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. He was so reluctant. He, he liked John. He was blessed by, John, by the association with John, with John's coattails. Amen. But when I want to tell you something, amen, is just because you're blessed by association, I want to tell you that can't save you. You cannot be saved by association. Just because you're blessed by association, you can't be saved by association. you got to be saved on your own. Amen. You can be blessed by a person of God that has encouraged you and showed you great things but then you got to do it for yourself yes, amen. amen 
So, though, so Herod was truly blessed by John, it wasn't enough to save him. And I've seen it many times where God blessed a company just because one of his children worked there. I've also seen it many times that, that when a company did not treat God, a, a child of God in the company very well, I, I, I saw that that company, amen, suffered because of it. Amen. Because I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. You can be blessed by association, but you cannot be saved by association. I, I, I'm reminded of the story in Matthew 25 about the ten virgins that are waiting for the uh, bridegroom to come and, and, and the ser bride ceremony and the wedding supper and all that stuff. Uh, amen. Uh, five were wise and five were foolish. They were all there. Amen. And they all had some, some type of oil in their lamps. But there was a lot of time that went by before the, uh, the bridegroom came. And, and so only five of them had extra oil. They had a little container, a little, you know, reserve uh, oil that they could fill their lamp back up. Amen. The lamp had the light. And that's how they saw. Amen. And five of them didn't have any reserve oil. So they were all waiting for the bridegroom to come. Amen. And Matthew 25 said, and at midnight, verse 6, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil that we... Our lamps are not gone out. But the wise answer saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them to, that sell and buy that for yourselves. So only five had enough oil to be able to go in. The worst time to allow your lamp to go out is right before the bridegroom comes. We got to get our own oil. Amen. We can be blessed by somebody else. Amen. Somebody else's light. Somebody else's experience. But I got to get my own oil. I got to get my own relationship with Jesus. I got to know him for myself. Praise God. We got to stay full of the Spirit. We have to get this experience for ourselves because nobody is going to heaven on the coattails of anybody else. Amen. I thank God for godly parents and godly grandparents and mentors and maybe aunts and uncles and people that were in your lives that tell you about God and show you and pray for you and, and read the Bible and tell you stories that even brought you to church maybe. Amen. But let me tell you something. Nobody's going to heaven on the coattails of mom or dad or grandpa or Aunt Susie. Praise God, we got to yes. go on our own. Yes. Work out your own salvation. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. We can be blessed by their prayers. We can be blessed by their wise counsel. We will be blessed by their example, but we cannot be saved. Riding on the coattails. The coattail effect only goes so far and it doesn't go into the streets of gold and the, and the gates of pearl 
Amen. I got to have my own experience. I got to be born again myself. We got to be filled with the Holy Ghost ourselves. We have to have our own salvation experience. We got to have our own relationship with God. Amen. Because our text verse tells us, amen, work out your own. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. His good pleasure. Amen. So you see, our name will not be written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Just because we have a praying grandmother. Automatically. Our name will not be written in the Lamb's book of life just because maybe our dad has a very close walk with God. It will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And that's what the key is. Because when the book is open, our name needs to be in there. And our name in there means everything is going to be okay. He'll say, well done, now good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Praise God. But if our name is written in the book, that means we, we willingly chose, amen, to give our life to God and obey the gospel of Jesus Christ for ourselves. Amen. Praise God. You know, there was nobody more truly blessed by association than the 12 apostles of Jesus. Can you imagine three and a half years of walking with Jesus, sitting by the campfire at night, talking, and, and then just being there at all. When we read about all those miracles that he did, they were all there. Amen. Uh, and, and it was just a powerful thing. They were all truly blessed by the association uh, of Jesus and, and with Jesus. Amen. And, and the, the quality time they spent. And yet, uh, you know, that in and of itself could not save them. It did not save Judas Iscariot. Amen. All the good association with, uh, with Jesus. And then the other 11, they all had to be born again. They all had to get, get repentant and get baptized and filled with the Spirit of God. They all had to be there when it was time to be there. Amen. And, and we see when Jesus, uh, you know, showed uh, himself after his resurrection, he, he went to them. And, and, he, and the Bible said in John chapter uh, 21, I believe it said, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now they didn't get the Holy Ghost right there. He just breathed on them. It was a symbolic thing because we know that when, uh, later on in the first chapter of the book of Acts, when Jesus, before he ascended up into heaven, he met with them and he said, look, I need you all to go to Jerusalem and to wait until you get the power from on high. That gift that I had preached to you about. Remember what John said. He said, I baptize you with water, but he's coming after me whose shoe the, I'm not worthy to untie. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. And so he said, you remember that? He said, I'm going to pour the spirit that Joel talked about in the Old Testament. I'm going to pour that out on you, but I need you to wait in Jerusalem until you get that power and so they went and they waited amen and and the bible said that they were all there there was 120 of them there was the 11 that were left after judas uh, uh you know was dead now there was 11 
Uh, then they, they, they replaced Judas with a guy named Matthias. There was Mary, the mother of Jesus. There was a, the, the, several of the other uh, devout women and a bunch of other of uh, just the, the hardcore, you know, true blue uh, followers of Jesus that didn't, didn't fall away. There was 120 out of all those thousands, 120 that were there up in that room waiting for the promise. Amen. So don't anybody ever tell you that the majority is always, always right. I'm telling you, that's not true at all. Praise God. Amen. What's right is what God says is right. Hallelujah. Amen. And they're waiting in that upper room. And the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were blessed. And they, they, they became part of, they, they, that was the beginning of the church. The beginning of the church. Amen. And then Peter preached the first sermon. He got up and he told them all about it. Amen. And he, he went up there and he told them about Jesus. He said, you crucified the Lord of glory. And, and then they started feeling bad, all the people that were listening. And then they finally said, well, what shall we do? How do we right this wrong? How do we get what you, we, we saw you guys have? We, we saw you guys come out of that upper room and you had an experience that was uh, powerful. How do we get that? Amen. And then, of course, uh, he, he told them, he said, repent, Acts 2.38, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That's what he said. Amen. Praise God. And then he goes on to say in Acts chapter 2 verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Listen to what he said. Save yourselves. Amen. Work out your own salvation. It's, there's no coattail effect when it comes to heaven. We've got to get it for ourselves. i got to obey the Lord. i got to obey the gospel. i got to be born again. i got to go down in the watery grave. I've got to be filled with the Spirit. i got to repent of my sins. He said, save yourselves from this untoward. And the word untoward means perverse generation. This dishonest generation. And then they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day were added to them about 3,000 souls. So this little group of 120, the faithful followers of Jesus that when all the dust settled, that's what was left. All of a sudden, now it's 3,120 after one sermon and one altar call. Wouldn't that be nifty? Amen. One sermon and one altar call, and we would have to sell this building and go get an amphitheater or something. <laughs> Praise God. But that's what, that's what happened. Amen. And what, what, what do we need to do? We need to repent. Acts 2.38, and be baptized, every one of you. Yes. Amen. No coattail effect. No, let me rub up on you and get good luck and I'm going to go to heaven. Woo! No. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the, remi for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the yes. Holy Ghost. Yes. 
That's what it is in a nutshell. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So many of us can be blessed by association, and we have been. Praise God. Amen. And even some people that maybe are not good people, you know, in a general sense, but because somehow they just, they just see something about uh, the people of God and they treat them right with respect and they do nice things for them, even people that some people say, well, they're, they're not that great of people, but God will bless them anyway because God goes with his word. And I said, I'll bless those that bless you. And I'll curse those that curse you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I want to just hold on to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the greatest thing this world has to offer. Jesus, and it's becoming much more and more evident by every passing day, the stark difference between light and darkness. Amen. Jesus stands alone as the greatest thing and the greatest opportunity of all human, mankind, human beings, amen, to get the, the, the right life, the happiness, the joy, the purpose, the fulfillment, the peace, the calm, all those things, amen, from him. But I'm not going to get it on anybody's coattails. I got to go straight to the source. Got to go straight to him. I thank God we couldn't do it without other people Amen. Helping us. That's what the church is all about. Amen. That's what the church is all about. That's why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, he said, he, he said, let us consider one another how to love and to provoke each other to good works. Amen. We, we're not provoking to a fight. We're provoking one another in a good way to good works. How do we do that? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And you know what? I'm seeing the day approaching. What day? The day of the coming of the Lord. It's coming faster than I've ever thought. So that's why I got to have you. You got to have me. We got to have each other. We are stronger together as the church. Amen. And we are blessed by association. And hopefully, amen, that association will help each and every one make up their own mind to get it for themselves. Amen. amen. So I thank God for every prayer that's been ever prayed for me. I thank God. There have been many people that said, I'm praying for you. I remember when I was trying to uh, get the Holy Ghost, I was trying to get really get a hold of this and, and get in the church. Amen. There were some people in the church that said, you know, I'm praying for you. I'm fasting for you. I'm believing for you. And that's awesome. But you know what? I have to, I got to answer. I got to, I got to step up and, and I got to make the choice. Amen. And, but that, don't, don't get me wrong. Those prayers and that fasting, it makes a big difference. We still need to do it. We still need to get that association and all the blessings that go with it. But yes. ultimately, there's no coattails that are going to get to me to heaven but my own soul, heart, mind, and strength given to him personally. Amen. Would you stand? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.